0: Behold my servant, whom I uphold, my chosen, in whom my soul delights. I have put my spirit upon him. Isaiah, the chapter 42, verse 1. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. In her wisdom... Uh, The church long ago, some point in the early centuries, it's not exactly clear when it emerged, but the church arranged the feasts of the church year in the order that we still celebrate them. We have Christmas and then Epiphany, which was yesterday when we remember the day uh, when the wise men, the Magi, came from the East bringing their gifts to the Lord. That's why we sung that hymn that we just sung to begin with. And then right after that we celebrate uh, the day that Jesus was baptized in the River Jordan by John which um, at first blush might seem a little bit odd, like this sort of sudden like, time warp. We go from Jesus just being born and the Magi coming and kind of instantly zoom forward 30 or so years uh, to the day when his public ministry begins with the baptism. And it's sort of good to ask, you know, why is this sequence like this? Uh, what is the connection? Um, the Bible doesn't say that the baptism happened in a January. It could have been any other time of the year that we celebrate. Uh, this great feast. Um, the connecting point, when we think about it, is that in both these incidences, when the Magi had come and when Jesus was baptized, uh, there was an unveiling of the truth, which is the definition of an epiphany—sort of a moment when uh, what is really the case gets revealed to be the case. The truth gets sort of shone forth uh, brightly to people's eyes. Um, I can't hear the word epiphany, unfortunately, without thinking of that 90s movie, Hook, where Shmee says to Captain Hook, I've had an apostrophe, and Hook says, no, no, you mean an epiphany. Um, unfortunately, that taints every time we celebrate this feast. Um, <laughs> nevertheless, the idea of an epiphany, uh, like I've been saying, is, is when the truth gets shown, and in particular, when we think about this in a Christian context, when the truth about Jesus sort of dawns on people when it gets revealed. We see this with the Magi, like these arch-counselors who followed a star, and we don't know exactly what it was, right? It could have been a supernova, or a comet, or we we don't even... just an angel burning bright, we don't know what it was. But they followed something, they sort of followed this small clue, and the the gentle guidance of the Holy Spirit who must have been at work in in sort of their following that very clue. These arch-counselors wouldn't have traveled hundreds of miles with these very expensive gifts, to bow down before a little baby, unless they had had an epiphany, unless they sort of had, it had dawned on them in a moment that this really was the greatest king the world would ever see. You wouldn't bow down to a baby unless you had had an epiphany. Um, And it's the same thing on the banks of the River Jordan. Fast forward from the first Christmas 30 or so years. uh, It's the same kind of thing. Jesus is joining these great crowds. We know that John baptized many, many people. And Jesus is among these crowds. And so it's sort of just like another ordinary guy. Like not everyone, we kind of, all, we unfortunately write back in the details we know after the fact. Jesus wasn't a famous guy at this point. He was just anybody. He was just some random carpenter from Nazareth. He, there wouldn't have been this big reputation. That comes after the days of his baptism. He's just among the crowds, and John is just faithfully baptizing people, saying, I see that you want to repent. Here is this gesture of your repentance. Start afresh. Live for God. Um, and Jesus, just another man, would have looked blended, physically blended in with everybody else. John dunks him in the water, stands him up, and as he does... I mean, the gospel language, sort of, even Greek and English, are failing to be able to fully describe what even happened, but it says the sky tore open. And, a, and a, uh, the Holy Spirit, somehow in the shape like a dove, descended on Jesus, and like as if that wasn't sort of wild enough, like sort of this, I mean, you can imagine the, the terror of seeing something like that, like the glory of Mount Sinai, You'd be like, what is happening? Then a voice comes from that hole in the sky saying, this is my son, the beloved one with whom I'm well pleased. And I mean, that, that's a pretty loud and clear epiphany. <laughs> um, if you heard and saw that, you wouldn't be able to mistake what was before you, that this was no ordinary guy, right? This was not just another of John the Baptist's baptisms. Um, this was someone really special. So the reason these feasts, these remembrances, are kind of linked together in our church here, is they're showing the that, that different ways that, Je- that God is revealing who Jesus really was and is, right? Through sort of giving these hints and the clues to the Magi and and revealing to them who this baby was, um, through a very strange vision of a spirit like a dove and a voice from heaven, he reveals on the banks of the Jordan, again, who Jesus was to John the Baptist and and to those who were looking on. Both of these things are epiphanies. They're revelations. They are uh, unveilings of the real truth about Jesus. I, I've been off my manuscript for too many minutes and I've completely lost where I am, so let me let me find where I am. Yeah. Um, they have in common that they're revealing who Jesus is, um, but I think there's something wonderful in looking at the difference between these epiphanies as well. The, the Magi just had this very quiet clue. I mean, it's a weird star maybe, you know, like, that had shown itself and um, it was very subtle and quiet and it it was a long journey to sort of have the full manifestation. They were sort of following these little clues and then after what must have been weeks or months of journeying, then there was kind of the oh, yeah, okay, here it is. Um, So it's very quiet on the one hand, but then on the banks of the Jordan it's the epiphany is of a very different character and quality. there was no sort of subtle clue. It was this thunderous, loud voice of God saying with ex- very explicitly exactly what has happened. Accomplishing, though, of course, the same thing, that this is really God's chosen one. And I, I, love this. I put, chose this Isaiah verse to preach off of because of that first verb, which is just the command, behold. The sort of response to an epiphany is, look at it. Look at what God is unveiling, the Magi looked, the people on the banks of the Jordan looked. And the reason we celebrate Epiphany, sort of the, the historical Epiphanies and just this sort of idea of the, God's revelation of himself spreading out into the world, we celebrate that right on the heels of Christmas, um, partly because of what happened in history, the Magi coming to the baby Jesus after Christmas. Um, But partly because just the raw fact that Jesus had come into the world actually does nothing. Um, It's actually not enough by itself for it to just happen sort of over there unknown. Um, The marvelous mystery of the Son of God becoming man only produces an effect when it's beheld Only when we actually sort of see what's happening, recognize it for what it is, that this is really the Son of God, and then respond appropriately, then the whole freight, the whole movement of God's salvation in taking on flesh starts to produce something, right? If it's just over there in Bethlehem, what does that mean for you and me? But if we have an epiphany, if the Magi come and they sort of follow God's revelation and they come to worship, all of a sudden the incarnation of God, the Son, uh, is producing something. It's actually beginning to change the world in the lives of the hearts of the Magi, in the lives of those people who would have heard that voice and seen that dove on the banks of the Jordan. It's, the, it's having an epiphany, the making known of what Jesus, who Jesus is and what he's done, that allows us to then come before him and behold him, and sort of ourselves begin to respond rightly and to receive the benefits of what has happened, the uniting to God in Jesus Christ. So my um, simple question, a simple reflection this morning, um, is uh, uh, have you had an epiphany? And and it's not a rhetorical question. I I think it's good to kind of think back, like when in your life, uh, uh, hopefully there has been one or, or many When has there been those moments where sort of that aha, like, oh my gosh, I see, I actually get a sense of like, yeah, Jesus really is not just someone special, but the most special, the beloved one, the chosen of God, the son of God. Um, And really sort of almost like what exists as words and names and ideas that kind of float around our heads all the time. Have you had an epiphany moment, whether it's, you know, reading the scriptures or just out of the blue like it was on the banks of the Jordan um, or here in church or when you first sort of you know, had a profound Christian mentor or someone sharing the gospel with you it could have been any time, you may have had many of them, but it's good to think like when was my epiphany, when was it that God turned the light bulbs on uh, and then to, to thank God for that moment, that wasn't you being sort of a wonderful human who just found God that was God in your own life like he did on the banks of Jordan, uh, saying, "Know me." I, I always love um, in the Dickens recollections of the Christmas Carol, the Ghost of Christmas Present. You know, "Come on in and know me better, man." Like that hospitable spirit. That is that. Actually, God has that spirit. He actually w- is wants to be known and is making Himself known. And I know many of you in your stories that has made Himself known to you. Um, and when you think back to that moment, recognize that. That was God giving you an epiphany, just like he gave to the Magi and, and, and to the, those on the banks of the Jordan. And similarly, I know some of your stories, the epiphanies have a different shape. For some of you, it was kind of the blazing kind of moment of, oh, yes, I, I, you know, like Scrooge, I must change my life. Um, for some of you, maybe it was more slow and plodding and kind of little unveilings over a long period of time until you were finally at the, the side of the baby of Jesus. Um, and what I would offer is, if what I'm describing sort of has no traction for you, if you're sort of like epiphany, aha moment, what do you mean? Maybe you've never had an epiphany, um, which would be sad. And what I would encourage you to do is to ask God for one, to say, God, lead me to yourself. And He might—it might be a long and slow and unfolding process, including, you know, following the things he's built into your own journey that are compelling to you. Like these magi, well, we know they were astronomers. They were already interested in stars. And God kind of gave this other new star, like, oh, follow this lead. And and through that, guided, him, guided them to himself. Um, so it might be, a, if you ask for an epiphany, it might take still years to come. Uh, or, you know, one of the things that it's sort of not an accident that it was at the banks of the Jordan that, the father revealed who his son was, because we know from the ministry of John the Baptist that everyone that was standing there was coming with repentance. They were coming to John the Baptist because they recognized, man, I'm done with what the world is offering. I want, an, I want something different. I want, I'm, I'm sorry for my sins, and, and I want the true life God is offering. Everyone at the banks of the Jordan was hungry, hungry. Um, to give their life to God. And those are the people that God chose to give this sort of blazingly clear, here I am, here is my son. He gave them this sort of dramatic epiphany. Because the Lord, we see time and time again in Scripture, as in this instance, um, is really pleased with a humble heart that says, what I've got going on right now, I don't want. It's not enough. And it's not pleasing to you. What I want is more. I want you. God honors that request and that disposition towards himself. Um, often with uh, a great sense of who he is and what he's offering, the real weight and joy of forgiveness uh, and the knowledge of himself and direction in life and all of the many things that come with uh, getting to know God. Um, Yeah, so I encourage you, you know, um, with every passing year, I become sort of more and more sceptical about uh, New Year's resolutions, not only because I see my own failures with diet, um, but I think it sort of runs actually against the, the true Christian principle. Like a New Year's resolution is like, I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I'm going to make it a better year. Um, and what in the Christian life ever works that way? Like, by my own gumption, I shall <laughs> succeed. Like That's a verse you'll never find in the Bible. Um, if you want a really different 2018, um, you know, resolutions for diet are a fine thing, but if you want uh, a really different 2018, um, the kind of transformation that Scrooge has from miserliness to generosity or whatever, I encourage you to, to ask for an epiphany, to add to your, when you think of God and are praying, say, Lord, show yourself to me. I, I don't have kind of a vague sense that you have already shown yourself. I want you to show yourself more. I'd like to know you more. Um... It's not a prayer God always answers right away. Often you may have to pray that for a while. But um, we see time and time again in the Scriptures that pursuit of him, that thirst for him, he does answer. Uh, he actually will show himself, and it will be a life-changing encounter, as it was for the Magi, uh, as it was for those on the banks of the Jordan. Um, so yeah, I pray that as we kick off 2018 uh, with the celebration of Epiphany, that you would have more and more and, and deeper epiphanies of who Jesus is, uh, in your own life, as you're seeking to know him and serve him, here together in our common life as a church, in worship, by whatever means. Who knows what God will use? Uh, but I pray that he continues to continues to shine his light into your hearts and your minds, and into my heart and mind, and that we'd all have sort of more of these moments of, oh, wow, and like the Magi, I wouldn't be able to help even giving him our best and worshipping him more sincerely, Uh, and with the humility to to bow before the Christ child, to bow before the invisible Jesus who we know and love. Amen.